Hello and welcome to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 48 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by the absolutely iconic and incredibly talented Freddie Hogan. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Iconic, oh, eh? Wow. You are, an, you, are, you are an icon. <laughs> We're going to talk oh. about it um, in a bit, but two pints of lager. I just, like, in the pandemic, me and my friend sort of bubbled up because we both live alone and we made our way through all of my favorite tv shows so i started him off i put him on shameless so we watched all of shameless and then we watched all of two pints and he just couldn't get into two pints and then your series came along and he was like you know what i'm into this and so <laughs> that's like, nine series in so we had some patience to get through eight of them if he wasn't into it yeah like that's, uh, that's patience i mean wow. he sort of fell out of it after johnny died spoiler alert for everyone that hasn't watched it and he was like, just sort of like, I'm only watching this now because we're halfway through. And then the, like the last series came and he was like, oh, right. This was needed. This casting change was needed. Should have happened three series ago. And not going to lie, I kind of agree. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, but how, how's life? We're sort of getting back to normal now. What um, What's happening for you? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, pandemic's been obviously a mad one for everyone, really. It's um nice and fun little pandemic to just you know, I know start we'll, uh, my career. Our lives. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I, I, I still think there's going to be a you know artistic renaissance. I think all the work that has been done is probably going to probably being you know metaphorically speaking you know loaded into the uh, you know the dramatic guns and just ready to pull the trigger yeah once this, this blows away i think that'll happen for theater film and tv i'm so excited. i think people want to see it all i think that there's gonna be new projects ideas and people will want you know people really want to start to do things again i think i didn't do enough of that i didn't see enough live shows what 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 was really and we don't i think we're realizing as well how how meaningful and sustainable i think the arts is going to probably be, be the most sustainable um, you know, sector. I think algorithms and, uh, you know, AI could take over everything, yeah. but the arts, because it's so ambiguous. There's something we love about the arts and say that's speak about acting is that element of the fact that, you know, we are a, well, we're a fucked up race. Let's be honest. And that's the human condition. Just, just a tiny bit. Tads. I mean, I mean, watching <laughs> literally just watching ancient Rome. I live with an Italian flatmate of mine and going to go to Rome next month. Hopefully I don't know. Obviously depending. Fingers but, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. And I was watching Rome, and then we just saw like the, how advanced they were. To them. we're talking about, you know, four hundred BC or whatever it is, like two two and a half thousand years yeah. ago. And I said, you know, we haven't really come that far, have we? And I've got a few planes in the sky, and but I mean, as the human being, what's changed? Like, still got dickheads in the highest office of the country. And that'll never change, you know. That's yeah. just the way. It's, look, you can change the world, you can't change humanity. It's uh, sometimes I would love to just like. I know I would absolutely hate the job, but I feel like I could do a better job than Boris Johnson. And sometimes I'm like, should I just sack all this off and go into politics and try and do it? But like, it takes, but the thing is, it does take a specific mindset. I'd and hate it. it. I yeah, would we, we hate want, it. 
Hopefully, algorithms and AI will probably give us our uh, get rid of politicians. I hope in the future, so the AI and the algorithms can say, okay, if you vote this, this is the outcome you get. This is go. This, this is the outcome. Yeah. You get out of these humans bickering back and forth, and we just do about results. What's the results we want? Yeah. That's what hopefully this is, is. But with art, it's not that simple. No. You can't say oh, I, I want to feel. It's such an ambiguity set of feelings. You can go see Hamlet many times. I just finished a production of Hamlet a matter of weeks ago, and so I've seen Hamlet so many times. But it again watching. Each one is so unique. And watching the yeah. Hamlet is so unique because obviously it's a wonderfully written play, but it's what you can bring to it and all those different facets, which is something that AI algorithms go back to my point about mm. the arts being the most sustainable sector in the workforce because it's too ambiguous. There isn't a result, it's a, a set of a, a, a mixed feelings and emotions yeah. that cross over. That it's not A, B, black, white, it's it's not, it's it's amalgamated into this incredible set of colors and textures that we can't put our finger on. We can try and describe, but it's really difficult to formularize. Go, that is the key. There is, yeah. That's what's beautiful about the arts. You can go and see so. the exact same show 10 times in a row with the exact same cast and the outcomes still be different every time. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love so much about the year. Like, I just love it so much. And I'm genuinely, we're starting to get back to a little bit of it in Scotland. Some shows have opened up, but uh, I mean, just open everything <laughs> when, it's yeah, well, when it's safe, when it's safe, um, when it's safe. Yeah, don't, don't, don't say that to Boris. He will probably take your words. Oh, probably. Yeah. Wouldn't no. shock me. I mean, I hope Boris listens to this podcast because I've called him a dick about 300 times. <laughs> <laughs> same with Piers Morgan I, I call him out all the time um but what I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role um well I may as well start with the first role really the first role was Bugsy Malone was about the age of nine or ten in the, in the um it was in Liverpool and it was in the um in the local library they had the civic hall in the local I love library. that yeah I was like 10 years old and it was, um, I played um, Benny Lee for one of Dandy Dan's henchmen. So that was fun. <laughs> I got a splurge gone. That was fun. But it didn't really bite me that. Like, I loved it. It was yeah. amazing. And I would have done it again and again. But, you know, life gets in the way. And then you go through the motions, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know. Bit too cool for school. Yeah, well, you know, making all the mistakes that you do when you're young, of course. And then there was, uh, I remember seeing Gladiator. But after when that, that that was a quite an inspirational film for me. I've always had a dream of being on a, a on, on a horseback riding into Rome. And I've yeah. always said that specifically Rome, and I'm going there next <laughs> month. The first time can, I hope we can sort it out next month. Then somebody, anybody in Rome got a horse we can borrow? Yeah, I know. Short listening. Field? Yeah, I know. We'll see. Yeah, DM me if you do. <laughs> Um, well, well, that was one of the things I just I was mesmerized by the Gladiator as a film, Russell Crowe's performance, the whole epic, and that was a real thing. And I, I started doing a lot of research and, and taking a huge interest in Roman history and the effect it's had on the West. I mean, you don't yeah. appreciate the absolute so many things and, like roads, yeah, well, not but even, yeah, but even like when you talk about Christianity and religion when that came through the, the Roman Empire, it really made it that that obviously viral, the viral um, institution that it is, or whatever yeah. <laughs> to put it, put it politely, but you know, and how that has had obviously these massive effects. And just to go there next month and see all that was wonderful. So, obviously, glad to from the kids and I do all that history, and we all know it so well. It's um, that that had an effect on just the historical 
aspect of of um, acting which I always loved because I loved history, so Rome and, and the Gladiator, and then it was the film that really did it. I think it was fourteen, fifteen was the Usual Suspects. I think it was watching the outtakes of how much of a laugh that they had. And doing a few things in school, but like and like you know we were doing an English class and we I think we were acting out of Mice and Men, and the teacher was like that was really good. Like me and this other guy. My favorite book in the world. Yeah, yeah, so we did Of Mice and Men. I remember we did like this little piece and it was just, and we did an improvisation piece. But it was, you know, at the moment, for like 14, obviously you're only a 13, 14 year old. We did something very meaningful. We did like a really meaningful bit. And I remember the teacher was just like, that was, and I just thought I liked doing that. And all these little things come together from Gladiator to that little Of Mice and Men improvisation, always reading. Can I read? Can I read Macbeth? I'll play Lady Macbeth. I'll play Lady <laughs> Carrie. I'd want to read them all, you know, man, woman, boy, child. I would have read, read the many. I just loved reading out loud. And I remember some of the teachers would just let me read the whole thing because, you know, they just see I could act and I could just, yeah. it was the thing I enjoyed doing. And it takes a mindset and a person to be like that. So it wasn't a difficult jump for me to think, do I want to do this? It just took a, a, a incredible will, determination, and commitment. Yeah. Signing I've, straight I've up for GCSE so drama. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's really the, the the kind of trajectory it went went on. Really, do you remember the moment? I always like this is such a again an ambiguous question. Ambiguous. Let me see if I can speak today. But I always like to see if people can sort of pinpoint it. Do you remember the moment where you were like, "Oh, this could be my career. Like, this is what I could do for the rest of my life." Yeah, so I maybe should have went into more detail, but it was the usual suspects. I think that was the real moment, and I didn't look back. I went, that's it. I don't know why, though. It's a great film, but I mean, it's just interesting. That was the one that made me go, I'm going to do this. I could do that. I'm going to do that. It was a lot of TV for me that sort of... So the reason that I love, like, acting is, like, I love the fantastical sides of things. Would love to be in, like, a Harry Potter remake, but my favourite thing to do in the world is tell a real person's story. And that's what I've sort of tried to set out and do. I've wrote a play that we're directing and producing next year. And I think I saw a lot of TV that I shouldn't have seen when I was really young. So I watched Two Pints of Lager as it was coming out. I watched Shameless oh, wow. as it was coming out. I was like 11. Oh, I mean, were you young? 12 year old. Okay. Like, ele- like yeah. I was too yeah, it wasn't made for you. No, but I just remember being like, this represent like I grew up in the east end of Glasgow. I live right across the road from Celtic Park. If you're a football fan, and then oh, when I lived, are you a are you are you a Rangers or Celtic? I couldn't give a, I'm fan of whatever <laughs> one is not playing. I, I, yeah, I thought you'd force you to pick a side. No, no. Um, my dad's a diehard Sunderland fan. Like, wow. goes to all the matches and everything. But is it, I, I thought you said your dad. Is he not from? Is he from no, Sunderland? my dad's from Newcastle, and well, my dad's from Sunderland, and my mum's from London. I don't know how we ended up in Glasgow. I was to say you said Newcastle before. Now you're saying Sunderland. Like, ooh, we nah. can't get those two. So, Mackham's Geordies. It was Sunderland, but nobody okay. ever fucking knows where it is. <laughs> I do. I appreciate um, Mackham's and the Geordie kind of uh, the differentiation. So yeah, I, I understand. It. It's a world away for those two sets of people. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in like two massively working class environments. And I think watching Shameless and watching Two Pints in particular, it was like, these people are not just the butt of a joke in like a sketch. These people are actual real people who live lives that reflect upon everyone's sort of troubles and hardships. That's why I did so well. Yeah, absolutely. And I was yeah. like, this is what I want to do. Ah. And then 
sort of more in now, I love like issue based stuff. Like the stuff on EastEnders with Chantel and Grey. Oh, blows my mind. They're such great actors. And it, I just think we get to have so much fun with what we do. We literally fuck about on stage or a set that if we can give something back, because I think there was like, I spoke to Lorraine Stanley not long ago, who was part of that storyline. I think there was like 178% increase in calls to domestic abuse helplines. And to be able to do something like that, to be able to give somebody the confidence to then say, oh no, I, I, what's happening to me right now is wrong. I think is just amazing. And that's mm. just something that I would absolutely love to do. Show that, bring highlights to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so while I was doing my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking, there wasn't much that I could find. Um, yeah. It did say that you went to drama school, but I couldn't find out where you went to drama school. Well, I, you know, I went to drama school, but it wasn't the the full three years. I did the uh, initially started on the foundation uh, course at Oxford School of Drama, so that was like only six months. And then I was going to apply and going to go to drama school. But then I got to National Youth Theatre, and from the National Youth Theatre, I got an agent. And then from the agent, quite quickly, I got two pints. Yeah, so you were so working quite quickly. Yeah, <laughs> and I, even when I went back to drama school to go and apply, they were a bit like, "What? Like, why are you here? You're doing it." I was like, "Yeah." I would have my dream to go to do the full three years. I'm sure if I staunchly did it, I'm sure I could have forced my way into one of them. I, I, hope, I, yeah. I hope that would have been the case, but it wasn't meant to be. My my trajectory went from being on TV very quickly, very fast, and on a, an established show. Mm. So that's what, boom. Yeah, I was quite fortunate. In my first, it was my first, second or second or first, honestly, my first three auditions. I think it was like the third audition. Do you know like, what? Uh, yeah. I would quite lucky. Yeah, I was lucky. I would kill to have been on two pints. Like yeah, it, was, it was fun. It was so nice. Like, like, yeah, it, it, it was fun because it was like it was. They had a live audience that made it theatre esque. I'm, I, I come from theatre. I really love theatre. I love live performing itself. I love TV and film. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. having that live audience there to feed off. Oh, that's yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. So. I had um, Susan Nixon. This is just really coming to my mind. I hadn't planned this. I had Susan Nixon on the podcast. I absolutely love her. She's one of like my heroes. And we were talking about the possibility of a two pints reunion. And I was like trying to bully her into letting me have a part. <laughs> would you? Um, would you go back? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm surprised after they wanted to move on, but it got like averaging two point two million. I think at the highest. Do you audience. know what? I'm like, that's still pretty decent. Yeah, for the time for BBC Three, it was like average. That was the average. I don't think peaked, but like two point two million. It was. It's um, a lot of Britain. people. It was, yeah, it is for a lot of a huge amount. But obviously, it's um, it's just obviously wanted to move on. But then BBC Three got caught. Now they're bringing it back, and you're like, okay, well, I haven't seen much since. No. So I just don't know what you're doing like, I mean, I'm, of course, there's been a bits and bobs and so on. There's no real sort of what feels like homegrown British comedy. We've still got like the likes of like Dairy Girls mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. like that, but there's nothing that feels like raw and authentic, quite like Two Pints and Shameless. Yeah, and and, and that's what I mean. We will we'll hopefully after the pandemic, uh, hopefully there will be there will be uh, just a renaissance in every 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 sector. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I just think it's time now. I think there's always those periods of time where there's a golden, a golden um, generation or a golden age, let's say, a golden age of, of film, TV, and theatre. And I think this, if it, if it's not going to be now, I would really surprise me. Bring We've had some up. amazing things in our life, but I just think this could be a, a whole wave of of everything. And there's so, once. there's so many means now to sort of create content 
that I can't wait. Like I'm absolutely buzzing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's um, that's funny you said you said that about Derry girls. I was just thinking then. Sorry, I was just thinking because um, I, I went to drama school with um, one of them, Nicola. Nicola Coughlin. Oh my God, she's a god. Yeah, Nicola. I love her. I, yeah, I love no. Derry Girls, don't get me wrong, but there's just something that's not the same as like those authentic, raw sort of comedies that happened in the early noughties. Like, I'm a massive Derry Girls fan. Like, I would love, I love it. Can't wait for the next series. But there's just something about it that's not the same. Do you get what I mean? Like, as what yeah, I sort no, of absolutely. grew up on. Yeah, no, yeah. But Nicola, she was lovely. We, we spent our time at Oxford together. And yeah, she was. Um, oh no, she was a. She's yeah, an amazing a white actress. Like I, yeah, I love yeah, her. Yeah. If you were booked um, in the West End to do a one-month run in a two-person show, and with no financial restraints, you can pick your co-star. Who would you pick? Or well, a play? First of all, it's going to be written to center the two of you. So you pick, uh, and then I'm going to write you a nice, great play for the two actors to do. So many. I think because I've just been watching her, and I've kind of been awe, and just because she's so talented, you've got a bit, a bit of a crush, because she's just so, she's so good. Probably Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. Um, I think she's just, I mean, just, yeah, like, it's a subtlety. The eyes, there's nothing. And obviously, the way she speaks, and just, it's the intent in those eyes. Because it's just, I mean, again, I've, doing this vocal coach myself, helping back into dialects and voiceover artists, like how even speaking RP and what it is about that and how it's doing, as my vocal coach taught me, is doing nothing. And you can see that her lips are spread and they're so minimal in their movement, but it draws you to those beautiful, intentful eyes. She's yeah. that word, intentful. Intent, just... intent vibe she has. And it really is to the point where, I mean, I, again, I'm getting a bit like there's a bit of a crush formulating here because she's just so talented. I'm like, oh my God, you're so amazing. Because you see her normal and you like you look at her like that and you see her in person, you're like, oh my God, you are something else. Yeah. She's just lovely. She's just so lovely. And I, I just saw that being so recently because I've been watching that, I'm going to give Lena Headey the nod that I'd love to, I'd love there to uh, do a duologue with her on stage. There are some people that are just abnormally talented. Like, and everyone that I sort of always say, because my answer always changes, um, like would make me look like an absolute piece of shit on stage, but I'm fine with that. Like, like- My better you. Oh no, my top pick is Catherine Tate. She is going to make me look like absolute shit on stage and I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Um, but so moving on to two points, because I, I want to talk about it. What was the audition process like that for that? Well, it's funny you say that. I'm actually back now because when I first auditioned, I went to uh, the BBC Studios, and the BBC Studios is in White City, in West London. So I was living in W2 at the time, moved away from them. Now I'm back in W2 in London, my favourite area, like in you know, the parks, just elegant, lovely architecture. If I'm going to live in London for me, I, I want to live central. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to go through the, the zone four or five. I'm like, no, I'm going to no. live there. I'll, I'll live close to the centre as possible. So I fell in love with W2. going to live in London. Yeah, exactly. But I lived in W2 and you know, beautiful, right by the park, but it's very green as well and very quiet, believe it or not, because the road structures, you could be silent. You'd think it'd be noisy London. It really isn't. In some areas where it's just in drop. Love, and, I love the quiet. I've got really noisy. Yeah, but, but, but you think for London, it can't be quiet. It, it is. It, it's not like it's not. You know, it really can be if you find those gems. Mm -hmm. So 
I was there in W2 and I just had to take a little cycle or a little cycle down to White City, which is past Tarlow Park towards past Shepherd's Bush on the right. And I went to the BBC studios, huge studios, big black gate security. You know, I came in, showed them why I, why I was here. And I remember walking in to the right and, you know, it's speak to the receptionist and say, okay, you just sit there and I take some lift and go on some mad walk. And there you are sitting in the room, you know, waiting and ready, lines prepared. And I had my first audition, a recall. And the next one would have been, if ever I got the, the, through to the second round, would have been, you know, the final. Yeah, the, the pencil basically with a few, and you'd have had a chemistry casting. So that's what happened twice, and went in for the chemistry casting. And at the time, they went obviously looking for some profile. They were they were looking at Ray Quinn. Now, Ray Quinn was the if you don't remember X Factor, yeah, singer Liverpool singer Dance from X Factor. Nice. Yeah, yeah, all that. So he was there doing well. But I remember Georgia at the time, who I ended up acting with. Me and Georgia, she was like, oh, yeah, he didn't know his lines. He was, he was messing up. I was like, oh, really? I was like okay. Like, yeah. Was like, You're like, I've got this now. I was like, uh, no, no, I didn't think that at all because they could easily still go with a profile. I was no True. one. I had, not, I had not, not a piece of, you know, I think I, I actually forged credits on mine. They were saying to me, oh, you, you, were in, you were in the bill and Harry Potter. I was like, no, it was an extra. I just gave myself a name on my yeah. credit score, you know? <laughs> Are you in Harry Potter? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I killed Voldemort. Talking about Daniel Radcliffe and people like that, but I still was, and I had this thing. I gave my name a name, Terry Skiers, where there's only, uh, um, and I was just an extra, <laughs> you know. But I was like, I'm going to give myself a name. What you got to do though? Uh, but you know what? And someone said to me, like, and I was talking with a director, and I said, don't do that. And I said, you're right, don't do it. But at the very beginning, you know, you'll get a little, you'll get a leg up. If I did it yeah. now, it's just crass. At the beginning of your career, to get a ball rolling, it was do like, it. you know. I wanted to show something. If I would have went with nothing, mm. absolutely not. They're like, we can't trust you. It just yeah. doesn't show trust. There's nothing. But I was like, oh, last year I was in Harry Potter. Oh, okay, there's something that, you know, it's about work creates work. Money makes money. You know, it's that kind of element. I mean, you're not lying. You were in Harry Potter. You just sort of bumped. I was, but I just exaggerated it to the degree of like, oh, you were in that. I was like, yeah, I gave myself names. Yeah, I exaggerated it. I called myself Harry. I killed Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did, did you not see me? I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was me, no, behind him, with a um, wand over his throat. No, it was there, but but that that's, that was the process anyway. And she told me that I went in, did a very very good good one. There was two girls, but Georgia and me just clicked. Oh, chemistry you, you both were amazing. Like yeah, the chemistry was strong, and it was you felt it was good. But I went away. I think I went to Germany after that, and I found out in Germany my agent said you've got it. I was like, wow, okay, amazing. You know, time to come on. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so wow, okay, that was bit of an amazing shock but like yeah there you go and the funny thing is i've just went back to the bbc because the bbc sold that whole region or region sorry building yeah uh, estate now and it's funny enough my gym's there now <laughs> so i went in there and What's i took some moment? yeah it was a bit weird because i said you know and i walked and i walked in to the exact spot to where i did my was a reception and i spoke to the security guard he looked at me like let me through and i just said i'm sorry i just I had to come here because, um, you know, over no nearly a decade ago, I was. This was my first or one of my first, well, it's one of my first of auditions, my first job. I was working with the BBC, 
And you know, this is where I filmed it. And you look around and going around the complex and it's all changed now. It's all become open pan, made into apartments, lovely bars and restaurants, London, you know, it's real estate. So I don't know how the BBC, how many billion they made off selling <laughs> that Probably a lot because it, it was just be. huge, huge, yeah, a lot of money the BBC yeah. must have made selling that. And they did. And you looked at it. And I thought, like, wow, it's just the nostalgia. And you, you have to remember that because two pints was the little, you know, breakthrough that I was able to get, yeah, able to have. You know, I had that, like, and to go back there and see that, and it was the exact same structure, but just in a different, you know, with a different um, layout. Uh, yeah, slightly, but it was the same. But obviously, just yeah. So it, it was um, funny to go back there now. My gym for the last since last Monday, I've been going, you know, in in the same area of where that two pints of my career began. Did um and you don't have to answer this next question um if you don't want to. Did anything from set um make it home? Have you got any of um two pints in your in your gaff? How'd you, yeah, I did actually. Hold that one second. So let me let me let me let me show you. Give me one sec. Okay. <laughs> I weirdly thought I'd keep them as a, as a souvenir. The underwear that I had on that came on with Georgia. I don't know. I can't find it. I've moved home so many <laughs> times. I had the written <laughs> the underwear that I when I ran out with the kinky um, the little red the and chains. red and black striped underwear when I came out on the chains. Mm. I still have them, I think, because I got them. I just thought, and I just, it's not like me. I don't really take photos or keep mementos. I never, I'm not a photo person. Mm. I'm not a big social media person. I, I, I wouldn't be on it really. And I think I'm getting to the point now where if, if there is this boycott thing because of the lack of regulation towards <laughs> it, I would be, I have no problem coming off social media because I'm not never on it. I'm just never mm. on it. I just don't, I, I, I feel more anxious going on my giving a voice on social media i swear mm. and jumping on a stage for ten thousand people i just yeah I'd something about i get red it's really weird i've never left a thought on facebook in my life never left one thought oh i'm terrible for it like things will pop I up i tried to do it times. people yeah people would tell me you need to be on social media and then i started doing it and then on my instagram i was like okay well, what do i do what's my day oh here's my food <laughs> took a picture of me after the gym in the mirror and then people were like like what are you doing i said i, I, I thought that's what you do I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I'm taking a picture of myself, probably looking incredibly narcissistic. But I thought, well, isn't that, isn't that what people do? I see everyone doing body shots and food and that's their day-to-day -day life to get the momentum. And I deleted them all because I just thought, this isn't me. I don't like it. Well, it could be me, but I don't feel... Literally post-work stuff and that's it. Yeah, it doesn't feel comfortable. So I don't, like I said, I'm not big on that. I'm not big on, I don't take a lot of photos, even when I'm in places. I like to keep the memories in, mm. in the head, really. I think I think photos and pictures, just sat, if I had every photo of every uh, experience, I would just saturate an album. It's not, it's not, <laughs> you know, it, it, you, yeah. you, you just have a saturated album of photos. But if I had that some select ever one, looks through. Exactly, because there's too many. Like the birth, weddings, Maybe mm. some amazing, but maybe once your friends got who gave you, you know, there's always that one person who is genuinely liking to take, and that's fine. And then they give you that, and you've got a few that you can relate to. But you know, there is a culture of like photo everything, yeah. don't miss a moment. But it's like you, you, your brain and memory doesn't miss those moments. I can go back mm. to them now. But the, going back to your question, and the one thing I have somewhere uh, around all the underwear that I kept for some weird reason. I always saw them and I, 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 can't, I can't remember they're gone now because I can't seem to grab them right now. But I do have the underwear where I ran out on TV on the first time. So the one last thing that I want to ask you about Two Pints, and you can fully deny this request 
because I'm a massive fan and you had your catchphrase, which was, all right, Gaz, babe. Right, babe. Right, Can you babe, just say babe. it to me? All right, babe. There you go. There we are. Now, I see, All now right, I can babe. die happily. Now babe. I can die happily. Um, so you were talking earlier about you were being a vocal coach, and um, that's how I found you, through your website mm-hmm. and things. Um, and you're offering all sorts of different training. What sort of led you to that path? Honestly, it's been, you know, it's, it's been recent, only, only made in the pandemic because of what situation or the yeah. other jobs that I had because of the pandemic were blown to smithereens. There's no, no chance of doing All many of this kind of jobs. I was in security for a while. Remember, I was, believe it or not, a bouncer for many, many years. Did security, which I don't want to go back to particularly, but um, <laughs> clubs were quite rough clubs and Hackney. I was running a, a big uh, three-story club called the Queen of Hoxton there for, for some years. And, you know, I mean, not the nicest job for the hours, the fights, the drugs, the alcohol, the, the, the things you have to deal with on a, on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, it was quite intense, really. I'm lucky that I lived to tell a tale with not a scratch on my face, really, yeah. because that, that was a presentation of that, how many how many fights there were on a nightly basis. Oh, that you that's the one thing with. I don't That was part of the job. No, absolutely not. But uh, through the pandemic. Like, I think we can leave that sort of behind. Like, it's sort of... <laughs> Like all the shit with the football. Like I don't. Do you do you follow football? I didn't get that out of you. I earlier. do. There was something that I thought towards the final it was a bit like. I mean, stupid as fuck. I, I like the way the Scottish came down, made a mess, and actually cleared it up. I thought yeah. it was really sweet and good. And I saw the English coming in, and I'm just looking at some of them the videos and what were they doing on Leicester Square? And I'm like, all right, never mind going to another city doing it because it's disgraceful. And they yeah. were doing it to their own. Like, it was just shameful. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge football fan. They are a minority. But I'm like, this is 2021. Yeah. You have this cultural mindset to do that. That was in the 20th century. Why are we still... Oh, we we had them in Glasgow yeah. as well. The Rangers fans, yeah. when they won, they caused a riot in George Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, just, yeah, it's, it's very much on this island thing. The British have this, and it's Scottish and English, and a bit of the Welsh too, believe it or not. Cardiff and a few of these clubs have a reputation too. I don't know where that comes from, really. This, this, And it really is a bit of a hooligan culture attitude. Because yeah. on the flip side, it's very gentleman culture. And then on the flip, working, and I think, I don't know if that's the reason why, because, you know, the maybe the the, 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 the class system, the, the, the rich to the poor, the, uh, the upper class to the lower class. So um, if people want to contact you to get some training, which I would recommend, is it just going through your website, which is www.fredhogvoices.com? Correct, yeah. Absolutely. So just go through it. I'm probably going to end up getting some at some point so you can tell me all of my flaws and everything. <laughs> well, welcome, you're more than welcome. There are some there. Um, but to wrap up, I always like to play a game, and this is the last thing we're sort of going to do, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite, and it's essentially it's three crazy theatre, drama school, all that kind of stuff, related stories that have been sent in by the listeners, but one is a lie that is created by our producer, Heather, and it is our job to find out which one is the lie. I've got their answer in a sealed envelope so we can both play along together. Okay. Number one, my yeah. musical theatre class was doing Grease in... College, yeah, college, I can read that word. <laughs> and the boy playing Eugene was told to fill his briefcase to give it some weight. One day in rehearsal, it opened mid-scene and at least 10 dirty magazines fell out. I think he somehow liked the attention he got from that. That was worded really weirdly. <laughs> but just imagine okay. that, like your briefcase falls open and a lot of porn mags fall out. Well, what year was this? The smut magazines even exist? So, hmm. I don't know. 
okay, it could have been in the, maybe the 90s or something, so maybe an old story, go on. Number two, in secondary school, my drama teacher told me not to bother auditioning for the school musical because I wasn't skinny enough. She told me to wait until she was doing Hairspray next year. That's a bit fucked up. <laughs> yeah, mean, but okay. I hope that's the one that's not true. Um oh. I have a feeling that one is true. Same. But go on. Uh, Number three. I was so stressed last year doing self-tapes for drama school in the middle of the pandemic that I recorded my whole video and uploaded it and submitted it. One of my friends asked me to watch it, and after I showed them, they asked me why I hadn't moved the life-size cardboard cutout of Oprah Winfrey. For context, it was a secret Santa gift, and safe to say, I did not get in, and they must have thought I was on drugs with Oprah Winfrey in the background. <laughs> that's hilarious that's, I love that's that hilarious one. i hope that one's true oh, if, that that one's, one's if that one's not true i'm gonna have to recreate it somehow i'm gonna say the fake one for me and for my instinct is the smut magazine yeah that's case. what i'm thinking the other two are too real the magazines i second one's harsh but i think i really can believe someone's that heard yeah i've heard say things like that like really i mean i've been like like i'm larger and have yeah. definitely been discriminated because of it. I, I would love to hope the second story is not true, but I know that's happened. I know from fact it's number two. Happened. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, I'm thank glad. fuck. But yeah, like I could see that being true. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I'm glad, but would surprise yeah. me. Some people have heard some <laughs> horror stories like that. Oh. They're absolutely horrible. Um, so to wrap up, thank you so much for coming on. I know you don't do social media, but if anybody would like to follow you, um, get on Instagram and Twitter at Freddie Hogan A. Um, but thank yeah. you so much for coming on. I am genuinely a massive fan of yours, and like I said, I grew up watching you. So this has Aww. been an absolute joy. And how old are you again? Sorry, <laughs> I'm 23 now. Okay, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, ten years is a long. Thirty-three. Yeah, I was like eleven when I started watching Two Pints. I really oh, shouldn't yeah. have been watching it when I should have. Um, but what's coming up next for you? Where can people come and see you? Have you got any theatre work? Any TV lined up that you can talk about? Yeah, well, I just obviously, yeah, I just finished Hamlet a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was great to get back on the stage and some classical uh, theatre. I'm doing a uh, film called Thirteen Cars, and that's with uh, Frank Harper from Two Pints. Uh, sorry, Two Pints. Two. two <laughs> Yeah, confused now. It's lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. <laughs> I've just got the oh, mind on two pints. Well, lock, stock, yeah, the two, the two, the two, the two's confusing me. But um, yeah, lock, stock. So I've got lock, stock coming up, which is going to be uh, so not long. Like um, um, Frank Harper with lock, stock, and thirteen cars. That's directed and wrote by uh, a film creator called Rob Woods. And I said that's a film which has a gritty gangster element and then criminal element to it from a, a Liverpool, London, and Irish clan. So basically, thirty. So I'm going to have to watch that. Basically, it sounds right up my street. Yeah, no, it, it's a great script. I can't wait. It's been fully funded, which is amazing. So we're going to get the go ahead and hopefully get that filmed and in the can by the end of the year. So 13 cars, yeah, that'd be the next thing that I know for sure. But there's a few theatre gigs potentially in line as well. So. I'm so excited now everyone's sort of getting back to doing their thing after sort of watching everyone sort of just not be able to do anything. So dead chuffed for everyone that is now getting back to work. Um, but I'll let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much for coming on. I've had so much fun chatting with you. And genuinely, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very many time. Take care. Thank you again. Perfect. Yeah. Have a lovely day. Bye. 
And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 48 completed. Thank you so much to Freddie for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. And if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. I will be back again next week at the same time in the same place with a brand spanking new episode. So make sure to come back next Tuesday at 6am. Have a lovely week and thank you so much again for all of your incredible support. Bye! Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Don't you hold course, now try something new Drama school dropout